Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You know, one amazing thing that we learn that, that God really does want to teach us from this Torah portion, and this is also, it's so important for us to understand and know, is that he doesn't look at death the way we look at death. It seems to us as it's over, but to God, it's not over. And we know that in our walk with Messiah, that we have a promise of resurrection. We have a promise of eternal life. And even in this Torah portion, when it, the Torah portion is called Chaye Sarah, I mean, there's so much just revelation in that. Number one, the word for life in Hebrew is Chaim. It's a plural word. As we know, like Elohim is a plural word and God's name is plural, which means that he's one God, but in that oneness of God, there's so much more. There's plurality in his unity. There's so much. You may be a Trinitarian, but I'm an infinitarian because there's so much in God. That is not a theological statement, by the way. Don't throw stones. But in the word of life, it, it's chayim. It's a plural word, which, which means that in the, word, in the word for life, God is trying to tell us that there's more to life than you know, that life itself is plural. And even in this Torah, in the first verse, it, it says chaye sar, the life of sar, and it ends with the life of sar, and the rabbis have dug into why that, has, why that phrase has to be said twice. It's because Sarah, it, you know, her life and our life is not limited to the life we lead here. There is an eternal life that we live as well. And God always wants us to recognize that and remember that. There's more to life than your life. There's more out there than what you see. There's so much more. And death seems so permanent. But I love that the euphemism for death in the Bible, that was one of my vocabulary words, by the way. Euphemism. No, not yet. Yeah, euph no, not euphemism, or mephemism. Euphemism is like a is like a kinder or cleaner way of saying something that's a little harsh. You know, we don't. You know, bring our. This is a terrible example. Please shut your ears, all you animal lovers. Like we don't. Our animals don't. Our pets don't die at the vet. They're put to sleep. That's a euphemism. You understand? So, so there's, a, there's sort of a euphemism in Scripture about dying, and we see it throughout the Scripture. And the people that die, our, our forefathers that died, it says that they're sleeping with their ancestors. They're sleeping with their ancestors. So that's sort of a euphemism for death. But I got to tell you something. There's something a little bit more that it's they're just sleeping with their ancestors, meaning that they're dead and buried in the graves or in the tombs or in the caves of their ancestors. There's a, there's a reality that they're using the term sleeping because when you sleep, you're going to awaken. Do you understand there's a difference between death and sleeping? The, 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 the synagogue... The one that worked at the synagogue came to Yeshua and said, and said, and said, my daughter is dying. And then when Yeshua eventually got there, they thought she was dead. But Yeshua said, she's not dead. She's sleeping. And what, this, what the Bible is trying to tell us is that death is permanent. But when we die, it's not permanent. We wake up. We wake up. Sleeping. Sleeping. 
that's how God wants us to look at things that seem so permanently over. You know, there's a difference between things that are over and things that are just like on a pause that God's going to raise and resurrect. And so, and we're supposed to look at the things in our life. You know, God can give us, it's not just a person, but it could be a dream. It could be a vision. It could be a ministry. It could be a calling. It could be a gift. God gives you a gift and then you're like, I'm ready to use it. And then oftentimes it goes into this place of sleeping. And we may feel that maybe we heard wrong, but the reality is God's got this heavenly alarm clock on this thing and he's gonna wake it up. It's not dead, it's sleeping. Relationships, uh, marriages, your children's faith. It's not dead, it's sleeping. Do you understand? God wants us to make that distinction. He wants us to recognize that death in the Bible is called sleeping for a reason. Some things in our lives we just think is dead and sometimes we have to view it as dead. But we sometimes we need to give it up as if it's dead for God to raise it up. There is a reason that Isaac in the last chapter had to be put to death in a way for the promise to be fulfilled in this chapter. In this chapter, in this Torah portion, we see Isaac finally find his wife and the promise now can continue. Because if he ain't finding a wife, the promise is dying with him. And he was a 40-year-old guy and he wasn't married yet. You know, and these days and age, if you got a 40-year-old guy who's still single, mom and dad are wondering, what's going on with this kid? Now, I don't know if Abraham and Sarah were thinking about Isaac in that way. He's 40 years old. What's the come on already? I'm sure that's not what it is. But there was a time that was, that was God's time where it was time for him to go and it was time for him to find a wife. So, but before that happened, he had to go through this, this virtual death with Abraham, take your son and bring him up and sacrifice him. Your only son, who wasn't his only son, he had another son. But then he said, take your son, your only son. Hello, Yeshua, only begotten son of God. It wound up being a foreshadow of Yeshua. God will provide the lamb. But he had to go through that. He had to go through in a way, a death for the promise to perpetuate. And we all have to go through that sometimes. You know, sometimes we get this promise, we get this gift, and we're ready to go, and we're doers, man. We're doers. We're doers. Give me the word. I'm ready to do it. But God wants us sometimes to just put this thing down. And what needs to die sometimes is our view of what this thing is going to look like. Because a seed... When it, gets, when it gets put into the ground and does its thing, it doesn't just come up as like a seed. It goes through a metamorphosis. What comes up is not what goes down. And what goes down is not exactly what comes up. But you gotta go through the process. You gotta go through the process. You gotta go through the process. I've always been mesmerized 
that when Yeshua was resurrected and he revealed himself to the people, the people did not recognize him. There was something different about his face. There was something different about him where they didn't recognize him until he did some miraculous thing. And he went, that's the Lord, that's the Lord, that's the Lord. Peter jumps into the water and swims towards him, you know. And, and this happened multiple times. They just didn't seem to recognize him. And now all of a sudden in the book of Revelation, he's coming. He's got this woolly white hair. You know, the pictures, the artwork that we see of Yeshua, he looks the same on his throne in heaven as he does when he's walking around on the earth. But that doesn't seem to be the way it's going to be. What is God trying to tell us about that? He's like when he's saying when something, when you put something away, when you leave it be, when God calls it to arise, it's going to look different than what you think. And this is something that we have to recognize that God brings this forward. God brings this up. We can contrive the best stuff, but God has a plan and a purpose and a vision that is so far better. But to achieve that vision, we got to put this thing away sometimes. We got to put the hope away sometimes. You know, want to hear something funny? Now, I have spoken in this congregation many times that when Rabbi Peter ordained me and Susie to be rabbis of this congregation, neither of us wanted it. I've said that story many times that we were at an elders meeting back in, what is 2013, and almost 10 years now, and he, uh, and this guy Lou, laughing Lou over here, when, when Rabbi Peter and Lisa said, we're going to Haiti with a one-way ticket, see ya, Lou went, well, who's going to be the rabbi? Who's going to be the rabbi? Who's going to be the rabbi? And then Rabbi Peter went, Ryan and Sue are going to lead the congregation, and that was the first time we heard it. He didn't ask us, and we didn't want it. And we've been very vocal about that, that originally it was very hard for us and we didn't want it. But one thing that I haven't spoken about much here is that back in New Jersey, there was a time where I really felt that I wanted to be a rabbi. I felt that I had the calling. I think I can do this. I think I can do this. But the vision had to die before it was raised. But it wasn't dead. Apparently, it was sleeping. Because when Rabbi Peter said, Ryan and Sue are going to be the rabbi, it was like this alarm clock went off, ding, 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 ding. And then what was sleeping was awakened. And our awakening from this was very much like when we wake up when an alarm clock rings. We don't jolt out of bed. Oh, can you hit the snooze button? I don't want it. It's too dark. It's too cold. I'm too tired. Maybe it's, sometimes that's how it happens with us. Sometimes we just don't want to get up. But when that heaven alarm clock rings, there's nothing we can do about it. But this is what God does. And he wants you to know today there's a difference between death and sleeping. Even when he prunes things off, it's not dead to God because he speaks about in Romans 11 that the, in the grafting in of the, of, the, of the wild olive branches with the natural olive branch. And he says those that were pruned off, they can be grafted back in. Well, how can you graft it back in if they're already pruned off and it's dead? It's not dead. It's sleeping. And he wants you to know that. He wants you to know that. Whatever that is for you, whatever it is that is that you're praying for, whatever that is that you felt like God called you for, 
even if it was years ago, remember, this in, in God's economy, it ain't dead, it's sleeping. It's not dead, it's sleeping. I love the song Rattle because my penchant for heavy metal music when I was a teenager gets awakened when I hear Elevation Church going, love, love. It reminds me when I'm like when I was listening to Come On Feel the Noise by Quiet Riot. So I like that song, but even more than the style of the song, which for some reason I relate to, there's something noisy about when the dry bones start to come together. And one of the greatest verses pertaining to resurrection in the entire scripture is from Ezekiel. Son of man, can these dry bones live? Son of man, can these dry bones live? Don't make me laugh. I'm going to come right out of the anointing. Son of man, can these dry bones live? Because when the Spirit says, speak to those dry bones, and they start coming together, that's pretty noisy. I think that Elevation Church got that one right, because it's a noisy experience when bone comes upon bone, and sinew comes upon sinew, and then what was, what was dead, what seems to be dead, all of a sudden the Spirit of God says, breathe on those bones, and it becomes alive again. This is how God wants us to look at nations at promises, it ain't dead, it's sleeping. God is the God of the living. We see in this Torah portion where, where, where Abraham went through this, went through this negotiation with uh, the owner of a tomb. So Sarah, his wife, passes away, and now he wants to bury his wife, so he wants to buy this tomb and he says, I'm paying full price for the cave of Machpelah. I'm paying full price for it. And then the owner said, the Hittite owner said, oh, no, 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 no. What's 400 shekels between you and me? You can have it for free. But the father, our father, our forefather, Abraham said, no, no, I'm paying full price for it. And then the Hittite said, no, 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 you can have it for free. And he said, no, 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 I'm paying full price for this thing. I'm not going to let this thing come without a cost. And by the way, when you see somebody in the Tanakh saying, I'm paying full price for that, there's something about Yeshua that's in there because he paid full price. Because he paid full price. Something very weird. You know, if you look into Jewish, um, Jewish uh, tradition, like we know in the cave of Machpelah, we know there was Abraham, there was Sarah, there was Isaac, there was Rebekah, there was Jacob, there was Leah. According to Jewish tradition, I'm not saying this is actually true. I'm not. But according to Jewish custom, you know who else is in there? Adam and Eve. And that's a very weird thing. And if you think about it that way, when you think about it that way, Adam and Eve represent our carnal nature. And it was bought for full price. And it was bought for full price. And it was bought for full price. So Abraham goes through this negotiation and he buys 
this grave, he buys this tomb for his wife and ultimately for himself. And there's something about that that wanted that. You know, that's very interesting, you know? Like, the, na- the, the land of Canaan, the land of Israel, was an inheritance given to the Jewish people. Israel was an inheritance given to the Jewish people. But Abraham bought this grave. The very first Jewish purchase in Israel was a tomb, was a grave, was a cave. The very first purchase. And I think he might have had wisdom because he knew in the future there'll be people contending over this land. And there'll be people saying, you Jewish people don't have right to be here. But Abraham said, no, I'm not going to let you give it to me because if you give it to me, you can take it back. If I have this bill of sale, I can say, no, 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 no. I bought this thing. I bought this thing. And this is what Yeshua is saying. He's saying, I bought you. I bought you with full price. And the enemy can say, oh, no, 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 no. I got rights to this land. And Yeshua says, no, I got the bill of sale. 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 I bought them when they were in there, when they were dead, but they weren't dead. They were sleeping and I'm going to raise them up and I'm going to raise them up. Why was the first purchase in the land of Israel a grave? I believe that the Lord is saying that our, 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 our ownership of the kingdom begins with a grave. The ownership of the kingdom begins with a tomb. And the tomb is empty because Yeshua wasn't dead. He was sleeping and he was raised. And that is, that tomb is the entry into the kingdom. The first purchase in the land of Israel was a tomb. And that is a foreshadow of Yeshua's tomb, which is emptied, saying, this is how we get in. This is how we get into the kingdom. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. So, Father, we receive the reality. When you told us something, when the Spirit told us something, when the Spirit is awakening something in us, it might go into hibernation, but it's not dead. But sometimes we got to give it up. But when we give it up, in your time, you're going to awaken this thing. And all of a sudden, those dry bones are going to start to come together. And there's no coincidence that when Yeshua was on the cross, there was an earthquake after that. Because when he pours out resurrection power, the earth quakes, the earth shakes. This is the sound of the dry bones rattling. <laughs> That's not how the song sounds. <laughs> Father, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. So, Father, I just pray that you just wash over those here with with words of comfort, Lord God. And however they need to receive it, whatever is going on, whatever it is, it's not dead. It's sleeping. It's not dead. It's sleeping. It's not dead. It's sleeping. And thank you, Father. We're reminded of Yeshua's words when the the Sadducees were, were questioning him. The Pharisees questioned him. The Sadducees questioned him. All the different Jewish sects of the time wanted to question him and test him. And one of the challenges he had with the Pharisees was not exactly their theology. They just made the the Torah so burdensome. But one of the challenges he had with the Sadducees is that their theology was flawed. So a Sadducee came and who don't believe in resurrection came to Yeshua and just tried to trick him. He said, you know, there's one guy who's going to marry 
and he dies, and then she's got to marry the brother, and he dies, and got to marry the brother. Who's he going to be married to? Yeshua in the kingdom. And he had to address that issue, but he says, but don't you know that the God is called the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, and he's not the God of the dead. He's the God of the living. So, Father, we just, we, 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 we receive that reality that you are God of the living. You are God of the living. And when you bring forth your spirit, when you bring forth your word, Lord God, there is resurrection power in it. And, Father, in our journey with you and our walk with you, Lord God, if there's, there are things within us that we just had to put down, God says, good, good. When you put it down, I can turn this thing into what it needs to be. Yeshua looked differently when he was resurrected. He's going to look differently when he comes back. The seed looks different when it comes up, but you got to put it down. So we just speak resurrection power, Lord God, where you want resurrection power to be. And we declare in our lives, in our ministries, in our callings, in our families, it's not dead. It's sleeping. In Yeshua's name. Amen.